Amanda, remember that time the nickname of the first Tudor queen haunted my childhood? an historical podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Webb. And I'm your host, Anna Webb. And this is a podcast where two sisters totally geek out about their favorite moments in history. And guess what? We're talking about the Tudors again. Party! Party! (laughs) And we're talking about, um, I wouldn't say the most famous Tudor, because that would be her sister, but she's probably the most infamous Tudor besides her father. Yes, totally. Um, Mary the First. Um... But uh, before we get into that, would you like a drink update? Of course. I have a new drink today. Ooh. Um, it's a Red's Wicked Apple. Ooh. I don't quite know what the difference between this and a regular Red's Apple Ale <laughs> is. Um, it definitely tastes a little different, but I can't figure out, like, why? <laughs> but it tastes good. Nice, nice. So... I'm drinking water. <laughs> oh, we went with the musical version today. Today. Feeling it. I like it. Thank you. So I'm a little, like, my throat is a little bit sore today, so I'm going to apologize in advance to our listeners if there's a lot of, like, throat clearing. I'm so sorry. It's really gross. Um, <laughs> the allergies are in a full swing. Allergies are real. It's so bad. We were in Boston a couple weeks ago, listeners, and my allergies were, like, pretty much perfectly fine the whole time we were there. And then I came back to Pittsburgh, and it was like... <laughs> <laughs> We've seized control of your sinuses once more. That's so cute that you thought that you could be fine. Yeah. Just kidding. We got you. Yeah. <laughs> we got you so good. Okay, so let's talk about Mary. Mary Tudor. Mary the First, Mary Queen of England. So Mary is born February 18th, 1516 at Greenwich Palace in, in Greenwich, England. It has a different name, but I don't know how to pronounce it, so I'm just going to call it Greenwich Palace, which is what most other people do. Perfect. Um, She is the only surviving child of our good, good old friend from episode one. Oh my gosh, throwing way back. (laughs) Way back. Catherine of Aragon, and and of course, good old Henry VIII. Um, They, of course, had other children, but none of them survived. And if you'll recall... Four of Catherine's pregnancies resulted in a stillbirth, and the one daughter that she, or sorry, the one son that she had did not survive. Right. Um, so things are already going great for Catherine and for Mary. <laughs> and for Mary, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Mary is baptized Catholic, which is obviously very important, <laughs> at the Church of the Observant Friars in Greenwich three days after name. her birth. I know, it's a good what one. A name. The observant friars, they really notice, like, everything. They really pay really close attention. Super close attention. Um, her godparents are Lord Chancellor Thomas Wolsey. That's We've heard his name. The, that is quite the title. Yes, well. In my mind, it truthfully all means nothing. Um, oh, it definitely means nothing. <laughs> Uh, her great aunt Catherine of York, who's the Countess of Devon, is also her her godparent, and Agnes Howard, Duchess of Norfolk. Not my Agnes Howard. Not our Agnes Howard from from our college days. Uh, there's another episode where we talk about that. I don't remember which one it is, but <laughs> me either. go back. Just go back and listen to all of them. You'll find it. <laughs> um, 
When Mary is a year old, she becomes a godmother herself. Oh, to her cousin. I didn't know that. Yes, Francis Brandon. I don't know anything else about him, but she's his <laughs> he has two first names. <laughs> yes, he does. You're right. Man, I have two first names. <laughs> I don't know why that bothers me so much. <laughs> when somebody's first and last names are both first names. Yeah, I dated a kid in high school who's who, who had two first names, and that mm-hmm. was probably like the worst thing I ever did. <laughs> Because of the names, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, honestly. I mean, the relationship also wasn't great, but, like, the name thing was worse, for sure. It was worse, for sure. <laughs> so, at age two, Mary is... Okay, so... Sorry, let me just back up for a second. <laughs> Throughout Mary's entire life, it's a big battle just to marry her off to someone. Sure. And there's a lot of back and forth and a lot of up and down for many reasons. Some well, I mean, of which look we at her dad, too. Yeah, we'll get Lots into a good bit of it, but... Her first sort of marriage contract is when she's two. Wow. She's promised to marry Francis, who is the Dauphin in France. Right. So he's the son of King Francis I. Um, they have like a ceremony that resem- that has a lot of the sort of features of a royal wedding. So when like they, when she was two, they did this. Yeah. So like they give her a little ring and like she's all in white and stuff. It's so strange. Um, the contract didn't last. Care for that? Yeah. So they have this whole like ceremony, and then it doesn't last. The, okay. The freaking English. We have kid court and kid weddings. Like, what's <laughs> happening? <laughs> we'll get back to kid court here in a second. <gasps> kid court. Kid court. Kid court. <laughs> court for kids. Court for kids. Yeah. So she she basically has a little wedding ceremony, but then but then the contract is just like doesn't go anywhere. So was it worth it? No. <laughs> Mary is very well educated. Her mother sort of takes control of her education. She Catherine commissions the Spanish humanist Juan Luis Vives. That was great. Thank you. I'm not going to pronounce the next thing <laughs> as well. Um, but she commissions him to write. Oh, man, my French. De de institutione feminae. Christiane. Great. That was pretty okay for not having taken French since my senior year of high school, which Uh was almost 10 years ago, which is a treatise on the education of girls. Nice. Yeah. So Catherine continues to be my girl. Catherine was super ahead of her time. Yeah. Eventually, we're going to talk about another Catherine who was super ahead of her time, but she is the Tsar of Russia. Tsarina of Russia, (laughs) excuse me. And we'll get to that at another point. At another date. I love a Catherine who's ahead of her time. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> running theme. Um, by age nine, Mary can read and write in Latin. Solid. She studies French, Spanish, dance, music, possibly Greek. Ooh. I don't know why Fancy. that's a possibly. We don't know, but that's what I read. Mm-hmm. So in 1522, at age six, we've got, you guessed it, another marriage contact- contract. Oh my gosh. This one even weirder so she's contracted to marry her 22 year old first cousin no no no, no. holy roman emperor charles v oh no 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 no, now here's the thing about this particular contract her mother is super in favor of it because charles is very close with catherine and he's like her biggest ally and catherine being the you know, kind of staunch Catholic that she is, uh-huh. really relies on Charles and his influence. 
So Catherine is like, yes, this is perfect. This is exactly what I want. Charles oh. is like, eh. You I know, don't want like, to marry a child, well, thank you. And also, like, there's not a lot of benefit for Charles. No. You know, he because Catherine is married to Henry, he already has kind of the influence that as much influence as he's going to get in England. Yeah. And if if Mary marries Charles, she because the intent was marry her off to someone and then have a son that would then become king of England and then Mary would go be the queen of whatever nation she married into, right? right. So it doesn't really benefit Charles. So Charles Charles eventually just breaks it off. That's probably a good call, Charles. <laughs> yeah. And and Henry approves it. He's just like, yeah. All right, Henry, you've done one good thing. <laughs> well, Henry just does not, I, he, you know, his relationship with yeah. Rome. It's not solid. So yeah. he's just like, cool with me. Yeah. Um, marriage negotiations with France kind of start up again. And they're like, they're like, well, if she's not going to marry the Dauphin, maybe she can marry Francis I, who's already king. <sighs> which Oof. is like, he's also an adult. Uh-huh. Um or he could end up marry. She could end up marrying uh, the Dolphin's brother Henry, who's the Duke of Orleans. That's better. <laughs> um, so they they kind of settle on on that contract. That's like Mary will either marry the Dolphin or Henry, but that ends up not really coming to be either because a uh, a treaty is reached with France without the marriage contract. So they kind of dissolve that. Oh, uh, okay. So in 1525. Henry sends Mary to the border of Wales to sort of preside over the Council of Wales in the marches. So this is normally what you would send the Prince of Wales to do. Okay. It's, at this point, kind of more of a ceremonial thing to be like, look, here she is. She's the one in power and she's watching over you, kind of. Right. Because she's like, what? She's a child. Under 10 at this point? (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah, she's like nine. So she's given her own court, mm-hmm. kid court, kid court. That's as much of a kid court thing as I've got for her. I'm sorry, I built oh, it up a little okay. bit more earlier, but that's okay. Uh, she had a kid wedding, so you know, <laughs> yeah, she's <laughs> she sure did. Um, she's often referred to as the Princess of Wales, but it's not like a real title given to mm-hmm. her. But you know, people refer to her as that because um, she gets a lot of the privileges that the Prince of Wales would have had. Right, right, right. Um, and then she ends up returning home back to the capital in 1528. Sure. Sis, yes. I just watched Richard II the other day. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And all of the characters are named after all of this stuff that is meaningless to us as we go through all this stuff. Because it's all like <laughs> Duke of this oh, yeah. and, you know, Prince of Wales and all that garbage. And then they stop calling them by their Christian names and they start calling them the places that they are given. It is so confusing. That's a real thing. I hate Remember it. Remember in the last episode, I kept calling what's his name? Uh, I Norfolk, know. Because that's how I they know. would refer to them. But it was just like. When you watch any of those like historical shows, like if you go and mm-hmm. watch the show, The Tudors, when he gives someone a new title, he just that's starts referring to now. them as that. Yes. Yeah. But it was so hard to keep track of because the titles changed. And then that character just had the name of a different character. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it was too much. Yeah. It's confusing. <laughs> so here's a small detail, but I think it's important and it'll kind of come back around. In 1531, so from 1531 on, Mary is often depressed and sick 
and she has irregular menstruation. Uh, which I don't even know how you would really tell that in, in the 1500s. That, but, yeah. <laughs> but she's, you know, not super well all the time. Right. And we'll loop back around to it. But We sure will. It's a detail. <laughs> um, by this point, Catherine has been sent away from court by Henry. Catherine of Aragon, our, our good friend, mm-hmm. after he decides their marriage is not real. Um, and Mary, <sighs> at this point, is not permitted to see her mother. I think they end up getting, like, one single visit for the rest of Catherine's life. That's so sad. Yeah. And and we've mentioned before, there there were definitely some people who would kind of smuggle letters between them. But the, there were, like, few and far between because it was mm-hmm. difficult. And they, they never saw each other again. Oh, this is very sad. Yeah. So in 1533, as we know, Henry marries Anne Boleyn, mm-hmm. and his marriage to Catherine is declared null and void, and Henry makes his break with Rome. Right. So this is obviously difficult for Mary for many reasons. Uh-huh. Uh, um, you know, she's no longer in a position of high standing. Um, Catherine is given the title of Dowager Princess of Wales, which is the title she would have been given as... Arthur's widow. So, if we recall, Arthur was Henry's older brother who was married to oh, Catherine that's first, right, yes. and then he died, and then Henry married Catherine. Right. So that's the title she would have had had she not married Henry. Sure. And Mary is declared illegitimate. Mary's seventeen years old at this wow. point. She is referred to as the Lady Mary, which you hear a lot, like when you're talking about Anne or. Um, any of the other wives and their relationship with her, she's referred to as the Lady Mary. Right. Um, and her half-sister, Elizabeth, mm-hmm. who you may know as Elizabeth I, um, is given Mary's place in the succession at this point. Right, right, right. Mary's household is dissolved. Kid, co- kid court is no more. Aw, rip kid court. <laughs> and it's she, okay. It had turned into teen court at that point. Yeah, well, and, you know, her, her court was basically gone. We're talking about, like, her maids and stuff at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then she's sent... To join Elizabeth's household. Right, right. Which was, like, very weird. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I don't know. So, Mary refuses to acknowledge Anne as queen. First of Which all, she, Anne is, yeah, first of all, Anne is Protestant. Uh-huh. So, that's a big note for Mary. Uh-huh. <laughs> Mary's mother has been deposed and exiled, essentially. She's not allowed to see her. Of course, she's not going to. She She doesn't think his marriage to Anne is legitimate, because in her mind, it's not. So, again, valid point. (laughs) Right. And she doesn't acknowledge Elizabeth as princess. Sure. And Anne treats Mary very badly. She, like, doesn't ever want Mary to be alone with Elizabeth because obviously she thinks Mary's going to kill Elizabeth. Valid. (laughs) That's what people did then. Um, And she instructs Mary's keepers, who are the people who are sent to watch Mary and, like, make sure she doesn't do anything nuts, um, to slap and hit her. When she claimed to be a princess and, and to, like, swear at her and, and put her in her place, basically. That's no good. Yeah. Um, so, consequently, Mary and Henry don't speak for, like, three years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say so. Yeah. So, January 7th, 1536, Catherine of Aragon dies. And Mary falls into a deep depression, as you would. Yeah. She writes to her cousin Charles V, asking him to help her flee to Spain, because she thinks that's, like, the only way she can continue living. Right. Um, But that didn't end up happening. And later in 1536, 
This is when Anne is beheaded. Oh. Right? So Mary is a little more like, okay, well, that woman's not there anymore. So uh-huh. maybe I have a chance. <laughs> the the woman who initially made it all fall apart is now gone. Right. So she can sort of buck up a little bit. Right. So Anne is beheaded. Elizabeth is stripped of her place in the succession. So now Elizabeth's in the same boat as Mary, essentially. I was about to say, Mary's like, we're all in this <laughs> together. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> so then Henry marries Jane Seymour. Yep. Poor, I forgot how much we would have to go back through all of this because Mary was Mary's there the for oldest. all of it. Yeah. 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 Um, so this is when Henry marries Jane who really wants him to reconcile with Mary. Thanks, Jane. Jane is a a nice woman. And also, Jane Seymour kind of comes by her, kind of, comes by her marriage with the king more honestly than Anne did. Yeah. In a way. I mean, she was definitely seeing him before Anne was wrongly accused. Right. But But um, that was not uncommon. Right. And it it wasn't, like, because of her that Anne. Yeah. I mean, it was and it wasn't. (laughs) <laughs> it was really just a side effect, right? Um, so Henry insists that Mary recognize him as the head of the Church of England and reject the Pope in Rome Ugh. and acknowledge that Henry's marriage to her mother was not legal mm-hmm. and say, yes, I am legitimate because of this. <laughs> um, or illegitimate. Or yes, yes, I'm illegitimate because of this. And I'm just going to read this quote. She attempted to reconcile with him by submitting his uh, to his authority as far as God in my conscience permitted. But she was eventually bullied into signing a document agreeing to all of Henry's demands. Oh, poor thing. <laughs> it was the only way she could return yeah. to court. And at that point when he says, because up to this point, he, he didn't really put too much pressure on her to do it because it was like, whatever, you're over there. Yeah. But now it's like, okay, well, I have two he's daughters. Two, yeah, he's got two kids and that's all he has. Yeah, two like, daughters, no sons yet. And so I need like a contingency plan. And also like, this is, so it's really the first time he's like, say it. And if you yeah. won't say it, that's it. Yeah. And so, you know, at this point, it's like she she could lose her life if she doesn't do mm-hmm. it. So she signs it. She gets to return to court. She gets her household back. Mm-hmm. She's still not treated great, but there, it, it's more civil than it once was. Right. So in 1537, it finally happens. Henry has a boy. Jane Seymour gives birth to a son, Edward, um, who you may remember from my last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jane dies from complications, basically. Which childhood. is a bummer. Yeah. Um, so Mary is made Edward's godmother. She's the chief mourner at Jane's funeral. Right. So she's kind of getting... She's getting back in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 1539, Mary gets a suitor. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Duke Philip of Bavaria. Mm. But bad news, he's Lutheran. <laughs> and she'll be having none of that, thank so, you. So she still don't got no husband. Yep. So then... After that, also in 1539, an alliance is made with the Duchy of Cleves, and it's suggested that Mary uh, marry the Duke of Cleves. But that doesn't happen. Instead, Henry marries 
Anne of Cleves, the Duke's sister. So right. not only has he been trying to get her a husband all this time, he then is like, mm, but actually, I prefer if I got a wife. Yeah, he's been thwarting her <laughs> by just time. making other treaties yeah. instead of just marrying her off. That's exactly what he's doing. And it's like, wouldn't you think, just marry her off and then you won't have to deal with her anymore. Yeah. But Henry, as we know, loves to shoot himself in his own foot. Repeatedly. <laughs> so, in 1541, another blow for Mary. Her former governess and godmother is executed by Henry after oh. her son is implicated in a Catholic plot. Henry! In 1542, though... <laughs> In 1542, though, Mary is invited to come to Christmas at court. Uh-huh. And this is after Catherine Howard has been executed. So we've we've moved on, right? Anne, is go- <laughs> Anne of Cleves is gone. He's married Catherine Howard. He's executed Catherine Howard. And then he's like, <laughs> oh, it's Christmas. I don't have a woman here to host anything. So he invites Mary and she acts as hostess. So one year he executes yes. her former governess, and then the next year says, "I do need you to come to my house and throw me a party." <laughs> I do though. need you to be in charge of the party, though. So if you could just, come I'm over. sorry for being the worst father ever. I do need you to come throw a party for yeah, me. That's exactly it. <laughs> this man is terrible. But then, ooh, in 1543, he gets another wife he marries Catherine parr and she's like listen i know you're mad at your daughters i don't really love that mary's catholic either but you should definitely restore them to the line of succession yeah after yeah, yeah because she knows she ain't having no babies so uh-huh. she's like you got one boy and you need a backup plan so restore them to uh-huh. the line of succession so he does but legally speaking both Mary and Elizabeth are still technically considered illegitimate. Which is wild. Yeah, isn't that wild? Be- and I, I get why, because they can put people in the line of secession who aren't legitimate children. That happens all the time. Right, and it was but an like, act of parliament, so it wasn't like... Exactly. Yeah. But also, bud, those are your children that she you had have- in marriages. It's not like they were your bastards. Like, those are your children. Yeah, right, like, you were actually married to their mothers, so... If you were going to put one of your bastards in the line of secession, that would be a different story game. but like bud <laughs> i can't believe he didn't he had a he yeah. had a bastard son that could have been the backup plan but the public wouldn't have liked that and the court yeah. wouldn't have liked that yeah so 1547 we've jumped ahead a little bit henry the eighth finally kicks it bye i'll say it every time he bye. dies when we go through these stories bye, bye. out of bye. here later <laughs> Uh, Edward succeeds him. We talked about Edward uh-huh. the last time we talked about the Tudors. Um, so we're not going to get much into him. But when when Henry dies, Mary inherits estates in Norfolk, Suffolk, and Essex, and is granted uh, Hun- Hunston, and a name I can't pronounce as her own. And she and this makes her the richest landowner in like in the country. Yes, yes. So, since Edward's still a child, a regency council is ruling while he's in minority. Right, right, right. Um, it's mostly Protestant, so... Which Mary hates. Mary's back on the back burner, like, oh, <laughs> what do I do now? She remains devoutly Catholic. And actually, a, a lot of the things I, like, listened to about it were like, you know, she was always a devout Catholic, but when Edward took the throne, that was when she really became, like... 
got into her fervor. Yes, she became fervent. Yeah. Um, she continues to participate in math. 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 Oh my in god. Math. <laughs> she keeps doing math. She keeps adding up those she, numbers, her, even though her new religion is the math. whole world tells her not to. But she's gonna keep adding and subtracting until she can't anymore. <laughs> You can't stop her. Just gets really deep into math. This is my dream, Dad. She's like, my dad's gone and I can finally live out my passion. Math. <laughs> she keeps participating in mass. Mass. Which Edward wants to abolish. He does make it illegal to attend mass in, in 1549. And she keeps doing it anyway. Yes, she does. Um... He permits her to keep doing it, but only in private. Right. Um, because Mary has land, and she's got influence, and she's got public favor. Right. People like Mary at this point. And mm-hmm. he knows if she comes out and is like, my brother has betrayed my belief, you know, yeah. she's a threat. She's a really big threat to his power. So Mary kind of becomes this symbol of resistance um, because – Edward is finally making the Church of England an actual church and right. saying, okay, we're getting rid of the Catholic traditions that we said we were getting rid of a long time ago, but now we actually are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the people who have who have been practicing for a while are like, mm, don't love that. <laughs> so they kind of rally around Mary as a symbol. Right, right, right. Um, she does not spend much time at court while Edward's on the throne, as you might my guess understandably (laughs) um she does attend like a sort of reunion with edward and elizabeth um for christmas 1550 oh family (laughs) um where like he like embarrasses her and reduces her to tears and classic um, family reunion (laughs) because he's like oh please won't you like uh, give up these things that you've believed in your whole life and just listen to me. <laughs> and she's like, no. Um, so will, she, will you give up everything you've ever learned or believed in? Because I want you because to, because I said so. <laughs> and she's like, absolutely not. And he's like, well, I'm absolutely going to keep making you do it. Like I'm going to keep asking. So, Oh, Edward. Yeah. So in 1550, Charles, you might remember our friend Charles, um, offers to help Mary escape England. Thanks, bud. So he's like, I'm going to send two ships because she's living near the border. I can't remember where. He's like, I'm going to send two ships and uh, like in the cover of night and they're going to come and get you. So on July 2nd, ships arrive um, and there's like this meeting between the guy who's supposed to carry it out and somebody else who I can't remember. I don't remember all the details. And um, they're like, listen, if Mary leaves, she's she can't come back. She's essentially going to be in exile, which means if Edward dies, she's given up her right to the claim to the throne. And so is this really the best plan? <laughs> and so Mary decides to, to stay. And, Stick it out for a little longer. <laughs> yeah. And she at this point has convinced herself, like, God has put me here to save England. So, okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, that's really... <laughs> Mary's kind of whole thing. Uh-huh. And then, as you will find, it just snowballs. Uh-huh. From there. So, uh, um, July 6th, 1553, Edward dies. Mm-hmm. He's 15. 
so he hasn't been on the throne very long. But before he, before his death, he plans to exclude Mary from the line of succession because he's like, she's definitely going to bring Catholicism back and that's not the tea for me. Thank you. <laughs> um, and so, but he's told like, listen, you can't disinherit Mary without also disinheriting Elizabeth. Because, because then it would be very clear what he was well, trying to do. Well, if one's your sister, the other's your sister, and you got to disinherit both of them. Yeah. And he doesn't want to disinherit Elizabeth because she's technically Protestant. Uh-huh. And he's like, no, I want her there, just in case Mary does something crazy, which turns out she sure does. <laughs> Good thing. So he does decide to exclude them from the line of succession in his will. Uh-huh. Um, and then he, he names Lady Jane Grey as his successor. Poor Lady Jane Grey. Uh-huh. She didn't stand a chance. No, she did not. No, because before Edward dies, Mary is summoned to London, and they're like, um, you know, you just gotta be here to visit him because he's dying. Uh, but one of her people on the inside is like, mm, actually, they're, they're definitely gonna capture you when you come it just had like up. of course they were yeah yeah they're gonna capture you because here's the plan you know they want to put lady jane gray on the throne and they're gonna lock you up and so mary's like oh not on my watch sis not on my watch not today <laughs> satan not today <laughs> and she basically gathers a bunch of troops and she's like here's the deal uh she writes to to um, to them and she's like here's the deal I am Edward's successor like it or not and if you're gonna try to undermine me I'm gonna do something about it um, and they like tried to come at her and it was just it did not work we talked about it more <laughs> in the Edward episode but yeah, it, it, it was not successful <laughs> Mary was too powerful uh, July 10th 1553 though Lady Jane Grey is declared queen mm-hmm by July 12th, Mary and her supporters have gathered a military force. Even Protestants want Mary to be queen at this point because she's a tutor and she's she's the rightful heir. She just has a better claim. Like, it makes more sense to have her on the throne. And we lose the tutor line if she's yeah. not on the throne. Uh-huh. And, it, and it throws them into the same chaos that happened when Henry VII came to power because the tutors weren't on the throne before him. You know uh-huh. what I mean? So they didn't want that. So so by July 19th, Jane is deposed. Nine day queen. Nine days queen. And Mary basically brings a procession into London. <laughs> August 3rd, she arrives with a with a parade, basically. Elizabeth rides with her because she's like, oh, look, we're back in power. And even though I don't want to give Elizabeth any power, we're going to look like we're we back on top. together, right? <laughs> Yeah. Um, over 800 nobles and gentlemen form the procession. I keep thinking about how when all of this was happening, each of these people who was on the throne for whatever amount of time thought that it, they would be there for their lifetime, their long lifetime. Well, yeah. But it is just wild to me to think, like, we know how quickly it all spiraled out of control and how they all died so quickly and it all just like fell apart. But like to each of them, like this was, they had done it. They got on the throne. They would be there for another, I don't know, 30 years. You yes. Know? But in reality, they were all paranoid that it wouldn't last. Oh yeah. You know, because every ruler is. Yeah. Every ruler is paranoid that it's not going to last. Mm. 
Um, but but kings and queens, you know, to them, it's their birthright. Yes. So they're going to be there their whole lives, however long or short they are. Yeah. You know, unless you get to post. <laughs> um, like Richard. Oh, Richard. Oh, yikes. Womp, womp. Uh-huh. Richard. So October 1st, 1553, the day comes that Mary is finally crowned queen at Westminster Took a while. Abbey. Yes, at Westminster Abbey. She's 37. Wow. She is England's first queen regent, which means yes. she is the first queen to rule, like, in her own right, not because uh-huh. her husband was the king. So obviously one of Mary's first acts is to basically say that there was a conspiracy to declare Catherine's marriage to Henry illegitimate. Mary's the rightful heir to the throne. Sure. Got to do some uh, work backtracking. Yeah. Got to get get back in there and make this all work out again. Yeah, Parliament's like, you got it, sis. <laughs> <laughs> You're in charge. And her new parliament makes that happen. And then she turns her focus to finding a husband. Yeah. Because now Mary has to produce an heir. And uh-huh. additionally, Mary has wanted a husband for a very long time. She keeps uh-huh. not getting married. <laughs> so, and also, she she doesn't just want to produce an heir. She wants to produce a Catholic heir. So she wants to marry Catholic and produce a Catholic heir. Right. And so, good old Charles V is like, hey, you know what? Why don't you marry my son, Prince Philip of Spain? Hmm. Philip has a son from a previous marriage, so that's, like, a little bit of a contingency plan. Right, right, Though right. not ideal, but, you know, there it is. And a lot of people oppose this. It's kind of complicated, but it basically leads to Wyatt's Rebellion, which you might have heard of. Um, Thomas Wyatt, like, thinks he's gonna beat Mary, too. <laughs> like, everybody else hasn't already failed. Um... <laughs> They they want to petition her marriage and say, like, she needs to marry an Englishman because they they don't want England to be a dependency of the Habsburgs, who are still Which is ruling in a lot of Europe. A fair get. Yeah, yeah. Because um, the Habsburgs were, it was a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Sometimes I just, like, get a mental picture of the Habsburgs and I'm like, uh-uh. oof. It's really bad. Ouch. I'm so sorry your family did that to you. Yeah. Um, so so the marriage is, is the marriage proposal with Philip is very unpopular with the English. Uh-huh. And um, Mary is like, no, I'm gonna marry Philip. Like he's the man I wanna marry. And she is she's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna figure it out with Parliament, right? I'm gonna go to Parliament and say, like, this is this is what needs to happen. But sure. the but these people keep like opposing her, and Thomas Wyatt uh, leads a, a force to try to depose Mary in favor like, of what? Elizabeth. So it's like she ain't even been on the throne for <laughs> like three seconds, but and he's already trying to depose her. Yeah, which isn't gonna work because you they know put she's got another support. person on the throne, and she rolled up with a force and was like, "I'm on the throne now," and you thought your little old self was gonna depose this queen. Yeah, like, you're like fu- two soldiers, but <laughs> but but this rebellion involves the duke of suffolk who's the father of lady jane gray oh well that makes sense (laughs) so wyatt is obviously defeated (laughs) yes captured uh he's executed along with lady jane gray and her father and her husband because they're like obs they're in on it 
Elizabeth maintains that she was not part of this plot, but she is still imprisoned in the Tower of London for about two months, and then she's put under house arrest at Woodstock Palace. Ugh, Mary just, like, grounded her. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and, and we'll get into that a little bit more, like, her house arrest and stuff when we talk about Elizabeth, but um, it was not a good time. Yeah, good. I bet. So Mary gets her man, finally. July 25th, 1554, Mary and Philip get married at Winchester Cathedral. Two days after their first meeting. Oh, wow. But, you know, typical. typical. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, Philip could not speak English, so they communicated in, like, a mixture of Spanish, French, and Latin. Fun. Philip is given the title King of England. Mm-hmm. All official documents, including Acts of Parliament, were supposed to be dated with both of their names. Parliament could be called under the joint authority of the couple, but only for as long as Mary was alive. So mm-hmm. if Mary dies, Philip no longer has that power. Right, um, because you didn't want the Spanish to take control of England if she died. Right, right. And um, England, uh, this, uh, this is a quote, England would not be obliged to provide military support to Philip's father in any war, and Philip could not act without his wife's consent or appoint foreigners to office in England. Sure. So Philip wasn't, like, crazy about this, because, like, he's a man, <laughs> and he's like, I'm supposed to have power. But the truth is Mary outranked him. Yeah. In fact... Charles uh, ceded Philip to the crown of Naples before his marriage to Mary to like up his status. So when they got married, well, and he also gave him, uh, he like upped his claim to Jerusalem as well. So um, when they got married, that made Mary queen of Naples and titular queen of Jerusalem. Wow. Isn't that fascinating? Yeah. Like I never knew that about her until I read that. That's really interesting. Um, so, but, like, he had to have his rank raised before he married her. Wow. So, she really, she really outranks him. Um, and he's not the biggest fan of that, because, like, he's a man, and he's like, I shouldn't have to be told what to do by my wife. Which was, you know, pr- a very common belief then. It, yeah. It was hard for men to marry queens, because that, it, like, went against everything they were taught about marriage, basically. Right. And the Spanish don't really like mary they're like not impressed with her they don't think philip will be happy in his marriage and he's not really Mm -hmm. mary on the other hand is completely in love with him she's like totally infatuated that's unfortunate (laughs) yeah well i say in love but like as in love as someone at this time can be yeah you know um so in september of 1554 Things start getting weird. Oh, boy. Mary stops menstruating, gains weight, and starts experiencing morning sickness. Oh. So the court and her physicians are like, she's definitely pregnant. Sure. (laughs) Mary believes that God's messenger has come to her and told her she's pregnant. Sure. An act of parliament is passed that says Philip will be regent if Mary dies in childbirth. That's so unfortunate that they had to do that, well, but, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so if Mary dies, Philip's regent while the child is still in minority. Right. Uh, April 1555, Elizabeth is released from house arrest to be present at the birth. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so she's back at court. Sure. But by, like, 
May, June of 1555, Mary still hasn't given birth. Oof. And so rumors start spreading that she's not really pregnant. Maybe she's ill. Maybe she's dead. That's a leap, but well, sure. you know how the public is. Mary continues to show signs of pregnancy until July. And that that's when her abdomen recedes. So weird. Yeah. So it's not totally clear if it was a phantom pregnancy from like her desire to be pregnant. Like she had such a heavy desire to be pregnant. Uh-huh. Or it could have been a cyst or a tumor. Like nobody really knows. That's so weird. Yeah. I mean, it probably was just some other health problem that they didn't understand because that's that happens a lot, but that is just But it's strange. also totally possible it was just all in her head. Yeah. Because your body will react sometimes. So so after she's uh clearly she was never pregnant, she mm-hmm. says she considers it to be God's punishment for her having tolerated heretics in her realm. So God told you that you were pregnant. But then he was like But then he was like, just kidding, I've been punking you for months. Like, what? (laughs) You've been punked! There are cameras there! And there! And there! And there! It's so unfortunate. (laughs) Yeah, basically. So, so Mary's like, clearly I'm being punished because there are heretics all over my country. So we're gonna have to do something about that. This is where it starts to get pretty wild. Uh Uh-huh. Um, Philip is like, already super not happy with mary and so he's like you know what i'm actually just gonna like go command my armies and like see ya um and then mary gets super depressed because she's already prone to depression Uh uh-huh um elizabeth stays at court until october philip starts getting nervous that after elizabeth the next person in, in line is mary queen of scots right who's betrothed to Francis, the Dauphin of France, who Mary did not marry. Yep. And so <laughs> so Philip is trying to get Elizabeth to marry his cousin, um, the Duke of Savoy, so that they can keep a Catholic succession sure. if if Mary dies and Elizabeth ends up taking the throne. Right. Um, but Elizabeth is like, I'm good. Um, and also, Parliament was not going to agree to it because mm. it would have kept them... It would have kept them under, like, the Habsburg line in one way and or another. And people weren't even happy about that to start with. Right, exactly. So, before she's crowned, Mary had said to everyone, listen, I'm not going to compel you to conform to Catholicism. But she, by the end of September, she had arrested a bunch of Protestant churchmen. Sure. So, um, and this includes our our old buddy Thomas Cranmer. There he is. Um, Mary's first parliament abolishes the religious laws Edward had put into place. <laughs> that took so long to come into existence. Yep. And then he finally put them all in place. And then she was like, Super just quick kidding. Turnaround. Super quick turnaround. Oh. Um, church doctrine is restored. Um, back to the form it had taken during the six articles. Mm-hmm. Which reaffirmed clerical celibacy so that meant that any married priests didn't get their benefices oh that sucks yeah uh, among many other things but uh sorry about it <laughs> philip convinces parliament to repeal henry's religious laws and the church the english church comes back under rome's jurisdiction wow so we have made a very drastic shift again 
Yeah, like, Henry spent years being like, I do want a new religion because I do want to get married again, but I don't want to put any of the work in. And then as the second he was gone, his kids were like, let's make a church. Let's make a church. Like, <laughs> he just immediately got to work going, you took so long to do nothing. It's my turn. Yeah. And Edward was like, oh, I'm going to do all the things my dad actually wanted to do, but he didn't. And then the second Edward was gone, Mary was like, suckers, Got we're you. going all the way back. <laughs> Take way it back. back now, y'all. Take it back now, y'all. Four hops this time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the monastery lands that were confiscated under Henry are not returned to the church, but they're the owner, the landowners the, who are very influential get to keep those. Sure. But the heresy acts are revived by the end of 1554. Oh, God. This is so much. So the heresy acts are basically like, you commit heresy, you dead. <laughs> and heresy is anything that goes against Catholicism. Oh, so, no. It's going to get so bad. <laughs> yeah. So execution of Protestants begins taking place under the heresy acts. It, it gets bad immediately. <laughs> Around 800 Protestants who were rich and who could chose exile instead. Um, And that included John Fox, who becomes a a very influential um, person for for speaking up about uh, Protestant persecution. The first executions begin over a period of about five days in early February of 1555. Wow. Thomas Cranberry... Um, who, or sorry, oh my god, I can't read. I'm like messing up words. I'm dying. <laughs> These allergies got me messed up. I ain't been sleeping. Um, Thomas Cranmer. I prefer Cranberry. Cranberry, um, who was the Archbishop of Canterbury. There we go. Who was imprisoned, um, was forced to watch Bishops Ridley and Latimer being burned at the stake. Oh my god. Cranmer recants and is like, yo, actually, I don't want nothing to do with Protestantism. Yeah, Um, I would too if I had watched people burned at the stake, probably. Yeah, I'm a Catholic now. Uh, Are we good? And under law, that means that he should have been reprieved. Yep, like the witches. But Mary has a grudge. Yep. And she refuses to reprieve him. That's the second. That's when you know. Yeah. The second she goes, oh, that's the law, but I hate you. That's when it all starts to spiral. Yeah. Yeah. So on the day that he is, on the day of his burning, they give him this, this thing to read. That's basically like, Protestantism is evil. And if only I had seen it sooner, you know, like they're, they're trying to make him a mouthpiece to get people to come back to recant basically and so they set him up there to give this speech and he goes off script and he's like actually this is bs yes in fact i am a protestant and and they're like nope and they pull him off stage they they put him on the stake and they start you know burning him that's iconic and there's this illustration of it that you can i'm sure find where it's him and you can see his his right arm reaching out of the flames and it said that he he did that so that the arm he used to sign the original recant uh, recantation was burned first wow so it's like this really 
interesting image. So, grammar, man. So, 2,083 in total are executed, mostly by burning. Under the guise of mercy, they start putting bags of gunpowder around their necks. Wowzers. So that that will explode and cause a, a quicker death, but it didn't really work. Ugh. Other leaders, even Romans, are not a big fan of the burnings. Yeah, um, because it's a lot. <laughs> it, yeah, it's a lot. And it's it's so repressive. I think other leaders were like, you, you're you going to have an uprising on your hand. You can't yeah. burn everybody, you know? Um, which Mary never realized because she was so fervent. And she keeps up the policies until her death, basically. Wow. And, you know, the Protestants are, of course, later seen as martyrs. Mm-hmm. Um, but but Mary will not relent. And this is, like, just in general a terrible time in England. Um, there's a lot of rain and terrible storms. So the harvests are, like, all failing. There's a big influenza breakout during Mary's reign. Oof. It's not, it's not good times. 1557, Philip returns for a short time. He's like, how have you guys been? I've been traveling, having a great time. Oh, everyone is dead. That is yeah. unfortunate. <laughs> He's like, everything good here? Yes. Hey, guys. I was on vacay. How's it going? <laughs> and it all fell apart while he was gone. You're burning the whole country. You're burning the whole country. Oh. Okay, cool. I'm okay. gonna just I'm just gonna go. <laughs> oh um, I actually have somewhere to be. Oh my god, is that my phone? Hello, I'm meeting. <laughs> Sorry. But after his visit, Mary believes she's pregnant again. Of course. With a baby due in March of 1558. She is like pretty convinced that she needs to write a will at this point. Mm-hmm. So she declares in her will that Philip will be regent during her child's minority reign. Mm-hmm. But there is no child. Of course. So she has another false pregnancy. Um, that is wild. Yeah. And then she basically has to accept that it's going to be Elizabeth. Yeah. Um, she, you know, Philip's not going to be coming back long enough to get her pregnant for real. And she clearly has trouble getting pregnant. And who knows? Like, truthfully, I think maybe they weren't even having any kind of relations and she just convinced herself. Oh, yeah. I would totally believe that. Yeah, so now she's like, okay, it's going to be Elizabeth, I guess. And then in 1558, England loses Calais, which is their biggest foothold in Europe. And so Mary's credibility is just, like, shot at this point. Oh, my gosh. May of 1558 onward, Mary is, like, very consistently ill. Yeah. Uh, She's in a lot of pain. Most likely she had ovarian cysts or possibly uterine cancer. That was what I was about to say. That seems yeah like that's probably what it was. Yeah. So November 17th, 1558, Mary dies at the age of 42. So she was not on the throne for long. No, she was not. And she did a lot of damage in the time that she was on the throne. Yeah. Yes. Um... Before her death, she had tried to make Elizabeth swear to keep Catholicism alive in England. And Elizabeth was like, oh, you Um, know, I'm like, I'll try, but like, uh, But also, like, you can't say, hi, I, you're Protestant. I burned a lot of Protestants, but I would love it if you, a Protestant, (laughs) would keep Catholicism alive in England. Thank you so much. You know she's going to say no. Like, you know she's going to be like, I'm good thank you well and the thing about elizabeth is that 
and we'll talk a lot about this when we talk about her, is that she didn't, she never wanted to commit one way or the other. Right. So she didn't fully identify as either Catholic or Protestant. I mean, she was raised Protestant, more Protestant than Catholic. Right. And her mother certainly had a lot of Protestant intentions. Um, And she, but she didn't reject one or the other. Um, So when, when Mary's like, keep Catholicism alive she's like oh you know I'm actually gonna probably like just decide on that later I'm still on um, the fence I'll get back to like, you undecided so <laughs> I'll see I'll see you um in the afterlife and I'll let you know how that goes <laughs> um in her final days Mary would experience like these trance-like states or like hallucinations and she said oh. she would um, imagine children playing on instruments and singing and dancing like angels and probably had a lot to do with the fact that she never had a child. That's a big bummer. So after Mary's death, the monasteries are dissolved. Monks are expelled. Philip is like, oh, maybe I should marry Elizabeth now so that I can stay, can remain king of England. And Elizabeth's like, no, nah, I'm good. Thank you. Elizabeth's like, I'm still good. Thank you. I'm good. Don't want your brother. Don't want you. Thanks. Peace. I'm out. Bye. Mary's will states that she should be buried next to her mother, but instead she's interred at Westminster Abbey on December Rude. 14th. Rude. Let her be with her mom. Oh, please. we're not even to the rudest part yet, Amanda, because eventually she'll end up sharing that tomb with Elizabeth. Wow. The Latin inscription on their tomb, I'm not going to read it in Latin, uh-huh. um, it, but it was affixed there by James I when he succeeded oh, Elizabeth. Oh, James. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but it translates to consorts in realm and tomb, we sisters Elizabeth and Mary here lie down to sleep in hope of resurrection. <laughs> but the truth is that the tomb oh. is basically a shrine to Elizabeth. I mean, you can go and see it. When you look right. at it, it's basically just her. It's like they've made a thing. Look it up. And <laughs> so Mary is memorialized in basically one slab of black marble on the side of the tomb that holds the inscription. That's awful. Yeah. Well, I mean, it doesn't help that Elizabeth was so wildly popular. <laughs> I mean, in the end. Right. So by the 17th century, she gets that, that, notorious nickname bloody mary because of Mm -hmm. all the protestants she burned at the stake and then right children made up scary scary stories about bloody mary and i was terrified of it my whole childhood yep okay listen uh listener if you are not american you might not know about this or if you did not grow up in a place that was into this sort of thing bloody mary was like this weird would you call it like an urban legend? Yeah, kinda, probably. That that kids would use to like just scare themselves and each other. Yeah. So the whole thing was like she was this scary kind of witchy woman who was like obviously covered in blood and like, you know, whatever. And if you went into we always did it in the bathroom and like close the door and turn out all the lights and face the mirror and said her name three times, she would appear. You're all supposed to like light candles and stuff, and but kids didn't did, we do didn't that. do that. Like, her face would appear and scare you. Now, this was not an activity in which I participated because I was a terrified child of everything. Uh But particularly mirrors. I didn't like them. So, like, my friends would be like, we're going to go play Buddy Mary. And I'll be like, cool, I'm going to be out here with the lights on, staring at the wall. Y'all live Uh your dream. (laughs) 
And then you like hear them all scream in the bathroom and you're like, you didn't see anything. (laughs) It's also wild because like the urban legend of Bloody Mary has uh, basically nothing to do with the Bloody Mary. Like, but it was like this Mary the first was like the originator of the name. Yes. that That has nothing to do with her. No. Or the, the alcoholic beverage. Yeah, no. But, yeah, I did not like that. It's not <laughs> for me. And you know it was just like they had convinced themselves that they were going to see something, so they saw something. Yeah. Which is exactly what I would have done, so I was like, I'm good. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm so good. I'm good out here. Really Thank good. you. Um, John Fox's Book of Martyrs records the stories of Protestants burned at the stake during Mary's reign. Mm. Um, And then I'm just going to finish with this quote. Although Mary's rule was ultimately ineffectual and unpopular, the policies of fiscal reform, naval expansion, and colonial exploration that were later lauded as Elizabethan accomplishments were started in Mary's reign. Yeah. So she just didn't, she didn't have much time. Uh Uh-uh. And she got really focused. She did a lot of stuff, but she... But the thing she focused in on was the one unpopular well, thing that she the did. The one terrible thing she did. Yes. Yeah. But, like, that's why the stu- the good stuff she did wasn't remembered was because of that, you know? Yeah. Which happens a lot. <laughs> yeah. Man. She's an interesting, interesting woman. She's fascinating. The psychology yeah. of Mary I is very interesting yeah, to yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's clear that she had mental issues. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as evidenced by the fact that she was, she, she experienced depression from a young age mm-hmm. and not just at the time that her mother was exiled, which would cause anybody to have some sort of depression. But like in her early childhood. Yeah, in her youth. And, and yeah. she clearly had a lot of health problems. Yes. Um, because she, she started having that irregular menstruation when she was very young. And I, I will bet you anything she had some form of cyst or cancer Mm -hmm. or something that she didn't know about because they didn't know about that then which is entirely possible that her mom did too and that might have been why she lost so many of the kids that she had i mean maybe yeah um well and also you know let's not forget when her mother died she was discovered with basically a black heart she probably died of cancer and that can be hereditary so exactly and i also just think that that all of her health problems probably exacerbated her Mm -hmm mental problems and caused her to be fully convinced that she was going to have a baby when she wasn't yeah well and she didn't get to take the throne until she was later in life and that she spent her whole life fighting for it yeah and that had a big effect on all the things that she decided to do and probably why she tried to do so many things so quickly because she was just like I don't have any time. Like, I, she was she was older. She didn't have a kid. And, like, And truthfully, yeah. Mary was never... Mary wasn't trained to be queen. No. You know, some not, rulers... Not in the way that most people get yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. You know, like... When they're trained... When they, when they grow up knowing I'm going to take the throne one day, they're prepared in some way for it. For the most part. And she wasn't even trained to be, a, like, no. a princess. Or a right. wife. Because she never... She, they just wrote her off as soon as Henry didn't And her, her whole anymore. focus was becoming a wife when she was growing up because yeah. then, you know, she would she would have something for herself. That was like her one marketable right. quality. Yeah. Oh, man. It's, it's, uh, her life was tragic. Like, that was yeah, a and it led her rough to, set of things to have to it happen. It led her to bring tragedy on others. Just like... Which happens all the yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So let's do a little bit of Google autofill. Let's do this. Okay. Is Mary Tudor, because you search Mary one and you get too much weird stuff. Uh, is Mary Tudor Bloody Mary? Yes. Yep. Is Mary Tudor Mary Queen of Scots? No. No. <laughs> Not at all the same but person. they were engaged to the same man. Yes, at one point. And then Mary's sister ends up having Mary Queen of Scots be in it. It's fine. Don't time. worry about it. Um, is Mary Tudor known as Bloody Mary? Yes. Yeah. Was Mary Tudor ever married? Yes. Finally. Mm-hmm. And then he didn't like Took her. a while. <laughs> Was Mary Tudor a good queen? Mm, loaded question. Mm, I'm gonna go with no, because no. she burned a lot of people, but she uh, economically she did an okay job. Eh, not really, though, because a lot of her people starved. Oh, okay. Cool, cool. So. So probably no. Probably no. So that's all That's all we have on Mary. I will definitely be talking about Elizabeth I for my next episode, but I don't yes. know what's coming next uh, here for Amanda. I think I'm going to do Sam Adams. Oh, yes. Because we were just in Boston, and I'm a huge Revolutionary War nerd. Oh, yeah. um, and so I think I'm going to do one on uh, Samuel Adams. That'll be good. We haven't had yeah. much um, much colonial history. Which is shocking, because it's my favorite and I thing. I love it, I too. Just, there's too much for me to pick, <laughs> and I like don't know which one I want to do, but I think I've... I've decided to focus in on Sam. All right. We'll talk about Sam next time then. So if you have suggestions for things you want us to talk about in the future, listener, or if you have questions or anything like that, you can email us at rememberthatpod at gmail.com, or you can tweet at us at rttpod. Um, Love it when people talk about the podcast on Twitter. It makes Mm -hmm. me really happy. Um, If you want to follow me on twitter or instagram you can find me at the real anna webb and i'm at acw nerdfighter nailed it nailed it so um until next time remember that time Mm -hmm.